Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, which is for Android devices. As always, I like to mention Stitchers for basically all the mobile devices out there. And, of course, iTunes is an Apple uh, uh, application or you know, oh yeah, it'd be an application on a computer, laptop, whatever, too. So, all right, well, we're going to do this show a lot like last show. We're going to talk some Viking news. we got another name out there, another name coach coming in. Pretty cool. Segment number one. Segment number two will be the postseason, and segment number three will be uh, probably a more brief fan interaction than the, the past couple of weeks. Um, this show will probably be significantly shorter. There's well, half the games to, to review and preview. Only three games to, or three games overall to talk about. And, well, eh, eh. <laughs> there isn't a whole lot to say about at least one of them, so <laughs> it'll probably be a significantly shorter show. So let's just jump on board. Another name. Mike Zimmer is busy. He's busy. And you know how Paul Allen on KFAN often says Linval hungry? You know how he gets in these bits and he repeats them like a broken record for frickin' decades? Um, yeah, like Linval hungry. Well, I think Zimmer hungry. I think Mike Zimmer's hungry, and... Uh, last offseason, you didn't see movement like this in the coaching staff. There, there's a little shakeup going on. Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer is on board. He's 50 years old out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, yeah, grew pretty much by uh, the Michigan Wolverines. So, go figure. He went to Michigan State. All right. Well, <laughs> he has a pretty illustrious career as well. He's, uh, again, like I said, 50 years old. So, he's got quite a career ahead of him yet. He's, uh, yeah, he's been up there. So let's start off with his coaching career way back in 88, getting started. A pretty young guy at that stage, probably about 33, 23 at the time. 23 years old when he got started. Good job, right out of school. Michigan State graduate assistant, 88-89. Michigan State, 1990-97. Tight ends coach, special teams, and offensive line coach. So he was all different roles during that seven-year period. Then he went to Stanford in 88. Offensive line coach, Philadelphia Eagles, and that's when you start hearing NFL talk with him, 1999-2001, tight ends coach and offensive line coach. And then here's the biggest key of all right here, and here, yep, this is what his role most likely is here, Philadelphia Eagles 2002-2008, to quarterbacks coach, St. Louis Rams 09-10, offensive coordinator, that was under Spagnuolo there, Cleveland Browns 11-12, head coach. Head coach, so another former head coach and longtime coordinator. Uh, well, not long time, but he's been a, he's he's had pretty big roles. He's been a long, really long time quarterback coach. Um, 2013 through 15, offensive coordinator. So yeah, he's been a coordinator for a while. So <laughs> since 2009, he's had a pretty large position in the National Football League, about a six year period. And then in 2015, during the course of time when Andy Reid was gone, or not Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, what am I talking about? Chip Kelly, well, God, I'm like on drugs here, sorry. <laughs> I'm on coffee, is more like it. Uh, 2015, interim head coach replacing Chip Kelly during the course of time. They actually played a little better under him, so congratulations there. Um, okay, not really. It was just for a very, very short time. Um, all right, well, Pat Shermer's on board. A pretty illustrious career. Again, a very significant role in the NFL from 09 to today, but apparently at this point, he's going to be the quarterback's coach, which was uh, held by Scott Turner, so we'll see what's going to happen there. Is there a big shakeup going, or Pat Shermer will ultimately be the uh, offensive coordinator for the Vikings? That's what people are talking about. We'll get back to the end of that a little more, too, with some of you guys out there. We'll hear your fan reaction on the Facebook page in second number three. 
it's interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at this, it's plain as day that this, uh, that uh, this coach obviously is looking to protect Teddy with the better offensive line coach. And obviously they're going to address the offensive line in the off season. And then Pat Shermer, well, who's had a pretty illustrious career as a quarterback's coach, apparently has, apparently has some pretty good pedigree in the NFL. And, uh, hopefully he can help Teddy Bridgewater continue to develop into a better quarterback. So, and obviously Teddy wasn't the weak point is the fact he couldn't get rid of the ball, but Hey, if, if you have an improvement at coach and obviously a big, big improvement on the offensive line, it's only going to get better. What was the glaring problem yesterday for a certain team that plays over in the Boston area that was visiting in Denver? Well, the poor guy was on his back the whole time, and we'll talk about that some more. But what was Teddy Bridgewater's problem the whole season? He was on his back. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> clearly, when your quarterback is able to throw the football, as long as he's, as long as he's competent out there, when he's able to throw the football, you have a chance to win a game. Obviously, the Patriots would have absolutely won the game yesterday if Tom Brady had time to throw the freaking football. But again, I'm already foreshadowing into segment number two. Clearly, Mike Zimmer's got things focused on the offense at this point in time, an offense that needs some tweaking. Some tweaking, maybe a, a minor shakeup of, of sorts, and that's taking place at this time. Will we have a, a real shakeup, though, and have a whole new offensive coordinator uh, as in Pat Shermer instead of Scott uh, Skull, Scott Turner, <laughs> Norv Turner. Will that take place? Hard to say at this time. Who knows? Maybe Pat Shermer will be the offensive coordinator after after next season. Who knows what's going to happen? It's all just a matter of time here. Uh, either way, though, you're getting names in here, proven commodities coming into coach. Scott Turner, I don't think he's a bad coach or anything, and maybe he'll get reshuffled, uh, moved to a different role. We'll see what happens. So it's going to be quite interesting indeed to see where things head. Uh, clearly, though, Zimmer is is really starting to take the reins of this, <laughs> like, 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 like he wasn't already, but he's taking the reins of bringing in the right pieces here to coach this football team. So there you go. Fairly short first segment. Let's talk about the postseason right after this. back here on Purple Mafia. Time to talk about the postseason, segment number two. Segment number two is always fun, but I don't know, maybe this one's not going to be quite as fun as normal. Uh, Are you happy? Really? Are you happy, everybody? I mean, everybody just wants Carolina, Denver, Carolina, Denver, Carolina, Denver. Are you happy? Just like Seattle, Denver, two years ago. Wasn't it great? And then we we had to see posts about 9,000 times on Facebook. Every single day, 9,000 times a day. Oh, 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 the Mets, this whole stadium's going to be filled with marijuana, man. You got Seattle and Denver. <laughs> man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. So funny. I mean, wow, that's creative. Uh, no offense now, no offense. Because I know some of, you, some of you out there were posting that. And I don't mean to be any offense. It was just like, but every single day, do you think that's, do you think that's enough? Do you? Do you think that's enough? Maybe once or twice is one thing, but every... Yeah. <sighs> Carolina, Denver, are you serious? Uh, really? Do we have to? Does this have to be the Super Bowl? Couldn't it be at least one of New England or Arizona? Just one of them? Because <sighs> last year was so much fun. I mean, that was fun. Yeah, have a rooting interest, get really excited, and all that. Uh, uh, huh? 
Well, yeah. Arizona, you suck. Damn it, that really was disappointing. But uh, I, should I go to should I go to that one first? Yeah, let's go to that one first. That was horse bleep. You think I should save the NFC for for last? Why should I? That was junior varsity crap, man. Whatever. Though Carolina might not be junior varsity, huh? This team's on a mission. Damn it, they they really are. Uh, they're uh, I was kind of saying they're kind of like another Seattle. In some ways, yes. They they like to over-celebrate all that crap. I don't know why so many people out there like celebrations so much. I'm on the I'm on the side of people that say, you know what? Ah, we don't we don't need all that. Celebrate a little bit. Okay, sure. You have a little jubilation, you just got a touchdown. But if you have to like dance around every time you get a first down or you tackle somebody, and then you get a touchdown, oh boy, the party's on, you know? Great, we're happy for you. Uh, Arizona, did they really finish thirteen and three? Were they really this Excellent team all season. I mean, do you have to come in to Carolina and lay an egg like that? Does it have to be that bad? I mean, 49-15, to 15, are you kidding? Really? Is Carolina that much better than Arizona? I uh, I guess. I guess. Uh, I mean, that's it, it's really disappointing. To me, you know what this kind of adds up to a little bit is, uh, well, what was the key I said coming into it? What, what was the key? I mean, this is an unrevealable game, by the way, so it's mostly a commentary. And you know what? Maybe I'm better just commenting rather than re- viewing it in detail, per se. There's not a whole lot of things to say about this one, like, great play, this, oh, the drama, oh, my God, oh, here it came, here it comes, wait for it, there it is, yes. No, there's no wait for it. I'll just wait for the, the clock to run out. That's about all you're doing in this one. Do you think, I, do you think, do you think this is the kind of game you can watch the whole thing without... Either dozing off or or taking up the trash or p- cutting your toenails in between in between like you know first downs or something. This is unwatchable football, man. And, and there was no comeback, not even a hint of it. I mean, m- maybe a slight hopeful hint of it at some point, and then Carolina just kind of just rolled over. I'm like a steamroller. I mean, creative language there, huh? 476 total yards by Carolina. This was one of the best defenses in football, and yes, Honey Badger being out doesn't help. It really doesn't, but it wouldn't. It shouldn't make that much of a difference. And they did a great job defensively against Green Bay for the most part last week, even though Bray, uh, Bray uh, excuse me, Rogers was significantly better. But of course, Rogers is going to be better. It's the playoffs. It's one of those things. You know, the better quarterbacks are going to shine this time of year. But what was the key? Now that I've ran this way over already. That's because it's segment number two and that's how I roll. <laughs> who was the key to winning this football game for Arizona? Just just, just tell me who it was, please. Are you saying it right now? Come on, say it. One, two, three. That's right, Carson Palmer. Did Carson Palmer show up to play in this game at all? Uh, no. He only had six turnovers in the game, though. That, that, that's okay. We'll, we'll let it slide. It's only it's only a fifteen to one team, you know, in their house to show up and have six turnovers, four interceptions. He fumbled the ball twice. He threw for a touchdown. That was nice. Thank you. He, I guess, he's just one of those guys where he was on a team that didn't make the playoffs a whole lot, and when they did, well, they didn't win, and they just didn't win football games when he was in the postseason. And that's that wasn't necessarily his fault. The coaching style wasn't that great. Sometimes they were an inferior team. A lot of times they were. Sometimes they were favored in those games. And his first playoff game, he had an ACL injury against the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 05. That was 10 years ago now in that postseason. 
Um, that Steelers team was on the road and went on to win the Super Bowl, kind of like the Broncos in 90, uh, 97, very similar fashion that way. After a great season, you come back as an underdog, go all the way and win it. Uh, Carson Palmer, though, man, alive. Mm. Ugh, just no good for nothing. And he's not the only reason they lost. It's just a matter of, I mean, would he be able to make up 49 points? I don't know. But then again, those. do you think giving the Carolina Panthers the football back six times had anything to do with it? Maybe a little, just a slight bit. Is Cam Newton that great, though? I mean, somebody out there that are on his jock, uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think he's that great. He's he's really good, and I've been a supporter of him, but it seems like he, they're, they're one of those kind of teams that they're lovable when they're 10-6. and six, They're even 12-4. and four. I was like, man, that's an awesome football team. I really like them. But once they get to a certain point, when they start winning games like the way they did this year, it seems like they get a little on the haughty side. And I don't know. I just don't get too excited about them too much. At the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, they are a complete football team. And they have a very, very good coaching staff. And, of course, Ron Rivera is an awesome coach. Rivera is an awesome coach. The minute he got there, the defense of the Carolina Panthers just took off right away. They started winning football games. And last year, again, remember when the Vikings slammed them down to 7-3, and three, or 3-7, three and seven, pardon me, kicked their ass. You remember that last year when the Vikings whooped on the Panthers? They were down to 3-7. and seven. Did the Panthers miss the playoffs last year? No, they didn't. In fact, they came back and they made it to the second round against the Arizona team that was injured. But this time, see, what's confusing about all this, and I talked about it on the last show, is Arizona, well, they didn't even have a starting quarterback. They didn't even have their second-string quarterback in that game. So, of course, they weren't going to win, uh, and, and it damaged them. But you figure this year, Carson Palmer, not only is he back, but he's back with a vengeance. He's having, like, a career year. He's unbelievable, kind of like Randall Cunningham in 99, basically. The Panthers really didn't have any major in, uh, inclusions to the team. I mean, okay, you got Jared Allen in the offseason. Was he that big of a difference maker with the Panthers? I don't think he's that much of a difference. Cam Newton's the same guy, just a little more sharp, I suppose. Jonathan Stewart's been there for a while now, and he is an awesome running back. Um, defensively, they have most of their same guys, except for Captain Runnerlin, right? <laughs> but he came here last year. He wasn't, it was not like two years ago. Um, they don't have that many changes to their roster, yet they win 15 games instead of seven. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, coaching staff and improvement and guys clicking. Sometimes it's just your year, yeah, kind of like the Golden State Warriors, who I, I do not like at all. I'll, I'll, if it was like, if if I have to pick a team that I like more between the Panthers and the Warriors, it's Carolina like ten out of ten times. I mean, Carolina's cocky a little bit, a little bit, but I think they're more fun about it. I think the Warriors are just flat out arrogant, so I'm not a big fan of them at all. I'll leave that alone. Um, just a complete team, though. You got tight ends, you got receivers, you got a great running game. You have a quarterback who's mobile, who's capable who's tough. Uh, I really respect it. I was able to come back from broken vertebra last year and lead that team into the playoffs. It, it was cool, and they competed for a little while in that Seattle game in the second round, um, and then they and then they folded, unfortunately for them, and then it was kind of cool how it was a re- semi-reverse situation, though Seattle wasn't that much of an underdog this time, <laughs> even though they were 10 and, yeah, see, they were 10 and 6. They weren't 7 and 9 type of thing, but uh, Reverse situation, they were able to survive Seattle's rush. They were the first team to finally do it, other than the Patriots, I suppose, at the last play of the game in the Super Bowl. But that was Seattle's fault. Yeah, pride comes before a fall, right? Uh, Carolina, though, complete team. They're just uh, they're on their way. Um, I'm not rooting for them to win the Super Bowl, but 
Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm ahead of, I'm ahead of it here. Again, an unreviewable game. Arizona didn't show up to play. And remember, didn't you just know when you saw the post? <laughs> you saw the post how Larry Fitzgerald doesn't drop the football and he only dropped the ball this many times. He dropped the ball only once this year. One year he didn't drop the ball a single time. I think that was last season. He, he's only dropped the ball like 28 times in his whole career. Well, he dropped the ball in this game. <laughs> and that was when the Cardinals were still in it. They were down, but they're still in the game. When it's 17 nothing, and you got like three quarters to play, okay, you're still in the game. Yes, it's ugly, and it really sucks, but you're still in the game, and you have a quarterback who we thought was capable of doing something out there. Mm. Whatever. Um, ultimately, it wasn't meant to be. Carolina, 49. Arizona, 15. Wahoo. At least they were able to complete a two-point conversion at one point, but... A lot of good it did when Carolina just kind of ran up the score at the end there. Yeah, should I talk about the two-point conversion and all that with the Denver and New England? Do I have to go there? <sighs> Gerald, you, you you did it. Congratulations. Um, do you know why the Patriots lost this game? Okay, many reasons. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I, I knew the Patriots were in trouble early on for one freaking reason. Can I tell you what it was? You know what it was? It was the freaking sun was shining in Denver. That's why. And I know you're probably like, what the hell is he talking about? Or why Why, why are we going there? But you know why. The Broncos were 13-3, and best team in football. Bray, uh, Brady. Yeah, Manning had like a career year. You know, kind of like Carson Palmer, right? In Arizona. Just tearing it up. Randall Cunningham, 99 Vikings. Unbelievable season. 2012, right? Just went to Denver. Tore up the league. Neck injury, my butt. We are going to the Super Bowl. We're the best team in football. We're going to win it, the Super Bowl, this year. There's no doubt about it. But then it was a cold, blustery day, and the snow was falling in Denver, Colorado. And a certain guy with a robotic arm named Ray Lewis, who's kind of obnoxious, but I guess he can use that obnoxiousness after some energy out there defensively, which is always a good thing. They roll in that house, and they beat those, they beat those Broncos. And Bray, uh, Manning had one of the worst games of his life. He was throwing ducks all day. The ball was waddling all around. Terrible. They kicked the Broncos' ass in that game. Just, you know, and, and Brady couldn't believe or man, I keep getting a mixed up. That's ridiculous. Manning couldn't believe what he was seeing. The weather is a factor for uh, Mr. Manning. It is. But when that sun's shining, just like two years ago rather than three years ago, the Broncos took care of business against the New England Patriots. That sun was shining. I said, oh, no. Oh, it's 50 degrees and the sun was shining in Denver. Ah, shining as bright as that orange jersey. <laughs> you think that wasn't a factor? And you know what? That's certainly not the only reason the Broncos won. But it was icing on the cake. It it, it pushed the Broncos over. Because if Peyton Manning had a sucky game and was starting to throw turnovers, New England would have absolutely won the football game, despite the fact their defense and their running game is fantastic. But unfortunately for the Patriots, that sun was shining, and that fan base was <laughs> as orange as ever. They were ready to roll. It's a good fan base, it really is. And Gerald, I respect you a hell of a lot. And i got to tell you, that 97 Broncos team, I, I mentioned them a few minutes ago, is uh, one of my all-time favorite football teams. i got to tell you, 97 Broncos were just, they were so awesome. 96, they have that great record. And then they got upset by Jacksonville. and It was so, so, so disappointing. I felt so bad. Just a heartbreaker. And then um, 
the next year, though, it's like, you know, they're still the best team, man. They have the best running back, and Elway is, is hungry. He's ready. I mean, he's, he'd, he'd been to Super Bowls before, but this was his time to do it, and they did it. Uh, so I really liked that Broncos team. This one, I kind of like everybody except Manning, I guess. And, I you know, I'm not a Manning hater. It's just that, you know, his postseason success isn't that good, and that Super Bowl in Seattle was terrible. Just a terrible, terrible game uh, against Seattle. Not in Seattle, but against Seattle. It was a terrible game. It was so disappointing. But <laughs> ultimately, that's what I'm fearing could happen again as we continue to go forward here. Um, the New England Patriots, to me, are still the better team. Uh, they almost won the game without an offensive line. Nothing. And when I saw one of those big-time tackles for that for that Patriots team go down, Late in the season, I was like, "Oh no! Could could that be? Could that be the nail in the coffin? Because the Patriots, you know, they're going to get far. But could that be the one of the things that cost them a Super Bowl championship this year? It's one of the main reasons they lost the game yesterday. It it really is. What did I say was the factor if Denver was going to win the football game? If Denver was going to win, it was going to be that defense in that running game, and the defense in the running game ultimately won the game. And Peyton Manning's sharpness early on." was the icing on the cake. It helped push them over. It really did. Tom Brady is going to have a hell of a time (laughs) completing a pass, particularly late in the game when he has to complete a pass on multiple fourth downs when he's constantly having to rush half a second into this. this, He he, he couldn't even drop back to pass before he had to scramble. I mean, it's too much. Luckily, I'll... uh, A la Russell Wilson, he got rid of the ball a lot, and probably a lot of times it could have been intentional grounding, maybe a couple times. But that's why his quarterback, that's why his completion percentage was so bad. It's not because he was missing passes, he was terrible, because he was grounding the ball time and time again. There were about a trillion throwaways in this game. A trillion, and plus they're playing from behind also. 56 attempts, 27 completions, 48%. Peyton Manning, let's see a look at this. He had two touchdowns, he did lose a fumble. So it helped the Patriots have a chance at one point in the game. But Peyton Manning is kind of like, remember how Elway was just good enough in some of those games late in his career? He's kind of like that, you could say, without the mobility, though, because Elway still was mobile even when he was old. Um, Peyton Manning, though, he stood strong enough in the game that that defense of Denver, Von Miller, and such, Lord, they're just, they just got the job done, ultimately. Brady had nowhere to go, and that fourth quarter was a, was a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker. I mean, it's crazy. See, you had a missed extra point, and that's, again, there you go. There's another deal where you get pissed off at the kicker. Why are you missing the extra point, man? Why are you missing the extra point? The game would have been tied late in that first quarter. The Patriots answered the Broncos' touchdown, tie the game up, ready to roll. But <laughs> Guskowski missed, missed, missed an extra point. Like, really, man? So then, at some point, the Patriots are going to have to converted a two-point conversion. It was just a matter of time when they would have to. But the Sons of Biscuits couldn't get in the end zone because for the 99th time, Brady couldn't throw the frickin' ball. He just, he couldn't throw the ball. He didn't have enough time, so Goskowski was able to add two field goals in the game. It it looked like the whole game was field goals because of the score, but that's what happens when you make an extra point. (laughs) 46-yarder, 38-yarder. At least he made those. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Kept the Patriots in the game. It was field goals exchanged back and forth between the Patriots and Broncos. The Broncos maintained their lead. Eight-point lead. The, The Patriots were never out of the game. They had so many opportunities in that fourth quarter. It's not even funny. 
They'd get all the way down into the red zone, get to the fourth down. See, it's like you think, okay, kick the field goal. Maybe. I, I, but the fear is, are you going to get another chance? Or is, or, or are they, or is Denver going to get a couple of first downs and just burn that clock down to almost nothing? And then there's nothing much you can do. But it's sad to think if the Patriots could have kicked a field goal on one of those three fourth downs. I mean, just one of them. They would have won the game. One! Because they were able to score a touchdown on the third and final fourth down conversion. The first two, they got in the red zone. Brady had nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. He, was, he was either sacked or forced into a... Well, he wasn't sacked. He was, he was forced to throw the ball away. And there was no pass to complete because he didn't have enough time to complete the pass. He had to overthrow it to prevent a turnover. Just devastating, ultimately. That Broncos defense is something else. But also the Patriots' uh, offensive line just did not get the job done. This was the wrong team for the Broncos, uh, for the Patriots. This is the wrong situation, ultimately, for them. And uh, Another reason I think the Patriots could have probably won the game would be if they finished the regular season the way they were supposed to. They had the top seed the whole season, and they coughed it up in the last week of the year because I couldn't get the job done against the Jets. And earlier, just a week before, I couldn't get the job done against the bleeping Dolphins. You know, you cough up the number one seed to a Denver team that was second, third all season. You just hand it over to them. Here you go on a silver platter. And this is what happens, you know, when you have a sunny day in Denver, things are ready to roll. You think things would have been easy over there in New England right now, in Foxborough? You think so? (laughs) Gillette Stadium? You think it would have been easy? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Brian Manning would have had a hell of a time with that one. Not to say the Patriots would have beaten the Panthers at this point, because it doesn't look like they would have if you're going to have an offensive line cough it up that much. But Brady and Belichick still able to complete passes down the in, in those in those multiple drives. Blade Belichick, you know what I mean? Belichick obviously doing the to calling the plays along with Brady, and of course uh, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski. We can all say what we want about him. He's a goofball. He's nuts. But God, he's talented. Oh. Oh, it was time and time again. He's like Kyle Rudolph on super steroids, isn't he? He, you know, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph's got. He's able to catch that ball and and go for a while with that speed. But God, my goodness, Gronkowski's something else. He was everything offensively for that New England team. I mean, he was just unbelievable. And of course, targeted 15 times in the game. Juliet Edelman, it was good. Amendola was all right as well. But unfortunately, a lot of them are short passes that end up having to be punts or field goals during the course of the game. But Gronkowski's the guy that can get you in the end zone, and he did it. <sighs> the third and final fourth down conversion with 17 seconds remaining, Gronkowski was able to catch a touchdown in this case. There's finally Broncos draping over him, and, some, and, and at least one of those fourth downs, it looked like Gronkowski was being held. But I don't know. Maybe that's being nitpicky. Maybe that's ticky-tack. I don't know. I mean, it could have been called, but but it wasn't. It's one of those. It could have been called, but it wasn't. Um, that was one of the cases where the Patriots had to give the ball up. But again, just imagine, on one of those two attempts, if the Patriots could have just kicked the field goal, it would have been a five-point game, and we'd be talking about Patriots and Panthers today. It would be P squared in the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, it's not the case. Not the case. And mm, it's just that's just how it goes. Okay, well, after Gronkowski was finally open enough and Brady was able to release that ball in like a second. I mean, it was Kurt Warner-esque in speed in the release with Brady getting it to Gronkowski, no problem, touchdown. (laughs) But you still got to convert that two-point conversion thanks to the missed uh, kick by Steven there. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Much earlier in the game. 
you got to go for two. And it was just like, it was just like the other fourth downs. I mean, damn it. <sighs> that was a uh, three out of four, huh? Three out of four. The Broncos just knocked the ball away. No completion. And it ended up being an interception that just kind of got ran out and fumble. There was a fumble on the play, but there's nothing the Patriots could do about it. The clock was had expired. Game over. Broncos, AFC champions, and they will play the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Yay. Isn't that great? <laughs> the good news, though, as we will segue into the Super Bowl preview, is I don't think the Broncos will roll over quite like they did last time against Seattle. I mean, that was a joke. That was an absolute joke. The Denver defense has been good for a while, thanks to start starting out things with John Fox and such. And it's been good for, like, for, I mean, it's always been pretty good. Um, it was mostly the offense, though, when Elway was there. You had a running game the way you did. You had a decent defense. Um, but now that Denver defense is one of the best in the NFL. And the Carolina Panthers defense is one of the best in the NFL. Manning is going to have to show up and play like he did against the, uh, against the Patriots. He's a key, kind of like Carson Palmer against, uh, you know, against the Panthers this week. Paid Manning is going to have to be the icing on the cake again. He's going to have to be sharp. This is probably, probably, for health reasons, I mean, and age and all that, Paid Manning's last game. It may or may not be, but you know what? Why not end it with a Super Bowl? I mean, is he going to go back next year? Is there any way to say that the, the Broncos are going to go back to the Super Bowl next year with Paid Manning as quarterback? Who's to say he's going to be the starter next year? When you have Osweiler, who, well, he laid an egg late in the season, but um, who's to say that uh, Peyton Manning will be will be back next year? Uh, he's gonna he needs to play this game like is his last. He needs to be awesome in that game, at least awesome for for his standards at this course as a, at this point of his career with all the uh, you know the injuries and the wear and tear on his body for the longest time. He's gonna have to be good, and that offensive line is gonna have to stand strong. That running game is gonna have to be grade A. <laughs> And that defense is going to have to do what they did. Just keep doing what you're doing. That Denver defense is one of the best in football. The hope for the Broncos in the Super Bowl, again, is that Cam Newton, as much as he loves to smile for the camera, he just loves it, boy. He loves the attention. He loves the spotlight. But this is the brightest spotlight in the world. This is the Super Bowl. Will he he shine in that spotlight or will he crumble? it's really about the quarterbacks here because the defenses and the running games, they are what they are. They're not going to change. Do you really think Denver's defense is just going to take a dump in the game? Do you really think Carolina's defense is going to take a dump in the game? Jonathan Stewart is an excellent running back. Just he, He's a physical guy who does what a running back is supposed to do. And what is that? Just move the ball forward. ABC logic right there. That's what Jonathan Stewart does. He's physical, tough, north-south, he just moves the ball forward. And when you're able to consistently move the ball forward, what are you going to do? The clock just keeps running, and there's nothing you can do. And that's why the Broncos won Super Bowls in the late 90s with Terrell Davis. Unfortunately, with that ACL in 99, the most depressing thing ever right there. Um, boy, who, who knows what his numbers would have been? Mm, he might have been up there with Walter, man. But uh, I think so. Uh, but the, it, it's between Cam Newton and Payne Manning here. It really is. Because the other guys are going to show up. They are going to show up. Which quarterback is going to face the tougher pass rush between the two? That, that's the key. And which one's going to respond to it? Which one isn't? 
right now, I guess it's Cam Newton is going to respond to it at this stage. He seems to be a little bit better, uh, obviously. <laughs> Years ago, if this was Peyton Manning with the Indianapolis Colts, say circa 06, I think the, I think the Broncos win the Super Bowl over this Panther team. I think they break the hearts of everybody in North Carolina. But Peyton Manning is he is past his prime, and he's going to have to have an awesome game for the Broncos to win. He's going to have to be very very good. But also the other key could be that that Denver defense is, forces turnovers in Cam Newton. I mean, because one of the quarterbacks is going to struggle and have turnovers in the game. Right now, I think it'll probably be Peyton Manning. But if that Denver defense can do that against Cam Newton, then there you go. Then that's how the Broncos will win the game. That's how the Broncos will win the game. Peyton Manning needs to be solid, not turn the ball over like he did against uh, New England. He had a fumble in the game, but luckily for the Broncos, it wasn't it wasn't too much. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. Barely. It was okay. Um, it's all about the turnovers. I mean, Super Bowls emotions are so high in that game. Once you start having turnovers and, and and fumbled snaps and stuff, it's game over. And that's what happened to the Broncos last time. Broncos need to be sharp this time around. But right now, I have to pick Carolina. They're on a mission. They'll probably come out to an early lead and never relinquish it. That's the, that's the fate that I'm looking at right now. But Gerald and others out there that like the donkeys, as they call them, I'm in your corner. I'm in your corner. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not on any bandwagon or anything. I'm not in any bandwagon. It's just it's just a rooting interest in the game. It's more interesting to say, okay, I'd like to see Denver win the game rather than just say, I don't care who wins. I'm just going to watch it just to see the commercials. You know, I just want to see the commercials. You know, it, it, isn't that cool? I just want to watch the commercials. It's so nice. But yeah, at the end of the day, go get him Peyton Manning. You know, this is your chance to get one more Super Bowl and then walk away from the game on top. That's a nice storybook ending to a career. As much as I've been kind of kind of hard on him, but it's mostly just disappointment. You you want to? I, I would have loved to see Peyton Manning beat those Seattle Seahawks and shut up uh, Rush, Richard Sherman after that big mouth. I would love to see the Seahawks with no Super Bowls right now. Wouldn't that be cool? But it just didn't happen that way. Damn it! So it's mostly disappointment and frustration with Peyton Manning and of course that whole Denver team in that game. More than uh, like I hate the Broncos and ah, uh, you know. Other than, I'd rather see the Patriots in there. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm kind of swinging all over the place. I'm probably wearing you out right now. I apologize if I'm doing that. Kind of rambling, rambling, rambling. But it's just, uh, right now, Carolina appears to be that team on a mission. A lot like the 2006 Indianapolis Colts. I was cheering, preferring, cheering and preferring, <laughs> whatever that means, the Chicago Bears in that game. I mean, I, I don't know, I, I just... I've never been really a big fan of the Indianapolis Colts, so I'd, I'd rather see the Bears win. It would have been kind of cool to see Chicago get one more Super Bowl because they, they don't get to go very often, do they? <laughs> uh, it would have been nice. Um, but it looks like uh, Carolina's on a mission. They're going to, again, probably come out to an early lead, and Denver's going to have to hope for the best. They're going to have to hope for the best. It's really who's who who's going to hang on to that football in this game. That's the biggest key. Again, right now, I'm picking Carolina. I don't want them to, but I'm going to pick them. It'll be a lower-scoring game, though, this time. I don't think we're going to see 49-anything. I pray to God we don't. I don't want to see 49-15. I don't want to see 49-nothing, 49-8, 45 this, 41 that. I don't want to see it. Unless it's 41-38, then, then that's a great game. But not so good defense. This is going to be a little little bit more grinded out. 24-17, 
Carolina at this point. 24-17 Carolina will outlast the Denver Broncos in a pretty tight, tightly contested game. 24-20. 24-20. Denver's going to get 20 again. But this time it won't be enough. Unfortunately, Carolina will get 24, maybe have uh, one turnover late, or Jonathan Stewart will break loose, something like that. It'll be something along those lines. But that's what I'm going with right now. 24 to 20, Carolina will win Super Bowl 50, and yet another bleeping franchise that started well after the Vikings will have a, their first Super Bowl ring before us. Damn it. We'll come back for fan interaction right after this. Oh, hello, hello. It's time for segment number three, Fan Interaction. Facebook page and Twitter account. want to thank you very, very much for your inclusion with the show. Really, really appreciate it. To get to the Purple Mafia Facebook page, type in the search bar, Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show, or it's facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, because I so kindly uh, created links to the page, and you obviously see that in the show description on iTunes or sportsstuff.com, Stitcher, and double twist. You should be able to see all that in there. But yeah, please join and click like. Really appreciate the inclusion. And there have been some people joining. Maybe not so much this week, but for the past few weeks. Uh, thank you very much. If you're listeners, thank you and welcome aboard. Really appreciate you. Comment anytime. Comment anytime. There's also a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is Purple Mafia. There's also, this is also the day and age of smartphones, and you can create an audio submission, say maybe you're not from the United States, maybe you're from Scotland or Australia, New Zealand, anything like that, <laughs> you know, anywhere, maybe maybe Wales, who knows, Cause I'm, I think people from Wales might listen to this, uh, the UK, I, I don't know if I just mentioned that, but anywhere outside of the US, and you don't want to make that long distance call, um, you can send an audio submission, record with your uh, cell phone, your smartphone, Every every phone has a free voice recorder right on the phone. Just record something, maybe, maybe a minute to uh, two minutes max, but keep it to a minute, I prefer. But it, it depends. Uh, and you can send it in, Live at yahoo.com, Live at yahoo.com. That's what you could call like the quote-unquote parent company of all my shows. <laughs> all right. Well, we continue, as always, where we left off on the Facebook page. It is on, by the way, the Twitter account is at Purple Mafia Show. I'm not sure if there's anything there, but I will be sure to check. Uh, We always continue where we left off. I always start off where when we mentioned the recent show. And Gerald String, here we go. He says, hey, Joey, enjoyed the show? Well, I can start by saying we are in complete agreement. Yep, yep, this is that big, giant comment. here. We are in complete agreement on the Cardinals. So that was easy. That was the Packer uh, Packer game. Now, our second favorite teams are squaring off, so now we get to go to our separate ways for a week, LOL. I'm kind of like you, where I don't necessarily hate the Patriots, but I lost some respect for that organization after the deflategate, line tapping, video stealing, cheating scandals. Don't know. Most, most of it was probably harmless. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, to me, the balls are all perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I love that video. It's funny, even then, but... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, and I'm still mad right now. Uh, thing is, they don't need to do any of those things to win. They are a damn good team. As for the Broncos, I agree. They are definitely the underdog. Obviously, I love our defense. Yep, it was number one in rush and pass for most of the year. So almost Baltimore-ish, although I think that great Baltimore defense year may have been the best ever and not sure 
I would say the Broncos are quite in that category. Anyhow, the keys will be that defense. Yes, yes, they were, weren't they? And can we run consistently, run with Hillis and CJ? And I really like CJ, by the way, as I mentioned before. I uh, said, and LOL, keep Peyton in game manager role, which they did. Great job. My opinion, they should have stuck with Osweiler. Uh-huh. But in some ways, glad to see Peyton get one more shot. And it will be a long one and most likely his last shot. So skull donkeys all the way. If Arizona and Denver end up in the Super Bowl, geez, I would root for both of them. Can't go wrong there. And I would have loved that, actually. But the bastards didn't even show up. God, I'm so mad. Um, uh, so where was it? Uh, would, uh, I would root for both of them. Can't go wrong there. I would not mind at all to see Bruce Arians take the big one home. He reminds me so much of Zimmer. It's ridiculous. Two great up-and-coming NFL coaches there. Yeah. He exactly reminds me of Zimmer, and that uh, Arizona defense is, it's the whole Arizona program, you could say, organization. It's like the Vikings right now, how they're looking long-term, especially with that defense, kind of a a defensive culture that just gets the job done. More old-fashioned and older age coaches that didn't get a chance earlier, and they probably should have, but they learned so much. You know, you could say, you know what you could call, compare, I'm probably going to, I don't know where this is going to go, but it's coming in my head right now. You could compare Arians and Zimmer. They're kind of like, okay, I got to, yeah. Well, maybe you will agree. They're kind of like, you know how Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for so long? Kind of like that. And it's like, okay, am I ever going to get to play? But at the same time, he learned and 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 learned. What to do, what not to do. You know, especially Bruce Arians probably learned what not to do under Chuck Pagano, which I don't understand why they gave him an extension. That's making me mad. I still haven't even brought that up. I don't know what multiple teams are doing right now. I have no idea. No idea. Uh, But he learned what to do and what not to do under Chuck Pagano. Zimmer, same thing. What to do and what not to do (laughs) under multiple coaches. Now, Bill Parcells is like the godfather of football coaches. He's He's like the emperor, man. He's the best ever, probably. Right up there with the Belichicks and such, though. It seems like Belichicks' tree never seems to do anything. I don't know why. They're just It's a natural coaching staff that belongs together, not split up. You know, like hauling Oats, you know, kind of like that. Um, okay, I'm going kind of long. But Zimmer under, uh, under uh, Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, what to do and what not to do. Talk about an undisciplined mess of a team. Cincinnati should have fired Marvin Lewis and hired Mike Zimmer. But thank you, Cincinnati, for not doing that. Thank you. Thank you. They should have fired Marvin Lewis, and I think they should. I think they should. I don't know. <laughs> I really do. Uh, great article from Star Tribune. Very cool. Very interesting. Shorter throws help make Teddy Bridgewater the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. And think about his accuracy. Teddy Bridgewater's accuracy was the best, ultimately, in the NFL, if you can believe that. It really was. And when you consider his accuracy being as high as it was, despite how many times he had to throw the ball away because he was getting hurried constantly the whole season, Teddy Bridgewater could end up being one of those really, really good quarterbacks (laughs) in a very short time. Maybe more like an Aikman, in a sense, but with a little more mobility. Aikman, as in, he never really threw long passes. He was just so damn accurate. And when Aikman had the best offensive line in football, so what happened? They went through Super Bowls, complete passes, so just imagine an Aikman with more accuracy. Just imagine Troy Aikman with more accuracy. Just imagine. Can you imagine? You could win multiple Super Bowls with a good offensive line in front of Teddy Bridgewater. I truly believe that. Uh, the running game, I think it's going to be fine. Jarek McKinnon, Matt Asiata for power. Maybe uh, draft another one and Matt Asiata goes his separate way. 
if that's the way it goes. But Jarek McKinnon needs to be on this roster long term. So, uh, that was a very cool article on the Star Tribune. Please do check it out. Gerald String says, wow, that's a cool stat. And it really is. Do check that article out. It's uh, freaking awesome. And then the next Star Tribune article, which generated a lot of conversation, Vikings reportedly add Pat Shermer to Mike Zimmer's coaching staff. Another name, of course. And Sebastian Ball says, as a running back coach, I hope, LOL. If so, I love it. Then we'll see what happens with that. Um... I was thinking, oh, Zimmer's not messing around. Gotta love the urgency. Sebastian says he got an offensive coordinator to become a running back coach, Hall of Fame head coach. <laughs> or, excuse me, what am I saying? A former head coach to be an offensive line coach. I'm very impressed. And even even Shermer's been in offensive, uh, excuse me, has been, well, he's been everything. He's been a head coach, offensive line, offensive coordinator. He's been all over the place. Pretty awesome. Um, Sebastian saying the common man said that we are better off having Parcells to be out head coach. <laughs> To be our head coach because Zimmer talks to him so much. SMH. Brent Jacobson says, I wonder if he's the new heir apparent or perhaps immediate replacement for Norv. Shermer has never coached running backs before. But at least according to what I'm seeing, the publication, I'm seeing he's the quarterback coach. But it might be just a default thing put up there right now. Or his, his, uh, again, his role not determined yet. So please don't get mad at me for saying quarterback coach. But it, that's what the publication is saying at this stage. It might be just default, though. So I do apologize. Sebastian saying, yeah, we will replace Norv after Zim said he's not going anywhere. So, okay, Sebastian being sarcastic there. Look at you. Sarcastic Sebastian is back. And Brent says, unless Norv decides to retire, Sebastian says he wishes, like, I wish. Norv may or may not go. We'll see. We'll just see what happens. No announcement there yet. Norv probably staying, but I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see Shermer as an offensive coordinator next, like the next year, though. I would not be surprised. And that may be his role, ultimately, long-term with the Vikings. I was saying, no, I'm completely in Arizona's corner after the freaking Patriots lost the game. I was like, go Arizona, damn it. Well, that didn't work out, did it? And I was like, ahem, go Broncos, because it was like, this isn't working out at all. Arizona sucks, obviously. <laughs> or at least uh, Mr. Uh, Carson Palmer. That's like the last time I'm going to get excited about Carson Palmer. That, that's it. You know, so how, how many times did I have him on my fantasy football team where he'd, get, he'd have his great season, or he would, he would let me down, like late in the year. He'd be good during the year, and he'd just let me down. He wouldn't be as good as he's supposed to be. Gerald String, that's just Carson Palmer right there. Another Cunningham. Great regular season, nothing in the postseason. Gerald String says, what a great AFC Championship game. Broncos have a pretty good-looking defense. And yeah, I am still retired from fantasy football, and I'm never coming back. I'm no far. I'm done. I'm, I'm Barry Sanders. I'm done, baby. <laughs> uh, the Broncos have an extremely good-looking defense. And again, I am really a fan of that C.J. Anderson. Really, seriously. That speed, quickness, power, he's, he's a stud. Gerald String says Arizona needs to get going here. Too many turnovers. Sebastian says, that didn't go well for you. Uh, he's laughing at me about the uh, Arizona thing. It really didn't work out at all. Leland, also from Iowa, saying too many turnovers. It just killed them. And I said, the shittiest Super Bowl matchup. Here we come. Yay. I don't like Carolina, so let's go Broncos. Yeah, let's go Broncos. <laughs> Pretty much. Let's check to see some visitor posts. Hopefully, Ali still posts on here. I hope he he didn't get mad at me or something. I don't know. I hope not. I've never heard from him again, which is kind of uh, a bummer. Hope hope things are going okay. Um, Okay, there's not too much here. 
Yeah, we left off of that Seattle one. They're laughing. Seattle member of Belea getting burned in a waste management dumpster. That was cool. So the only thing on here is a... I'm not a tattoo person. I'm just not. Uh, I don't know. It's just not my thing. But, but, <laughs> if you like Minnesota sports, it's the best tattoo you'll, you'll ever see. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it is the best tattoo you'll ever see. It's the state of Minnesota with the Twins logo, the North Stars with the N, not that Stars crap which I liked when it first came out because I didn't really understand the secret plan behind that. Thank you, Norm uh, Norm, uh, Norm Greed. Greed with a D, not green with an N. Okay, sorry. Minnesota Wild Lego up in that North Star because it fits in there real good. Timberwolves right in the middle there. Well, that's, you know, I love that. And the Vikings in the northwestern side of the state of Minnesota just because just it fits that way. If you're going to get a Minnesota, if you're going to get a tattoo, I guess that's the one right there. <laughs> that's that's a tattoo, I guess. If I was to ever get one, I guess maybe it'd be that one. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I like it. I like the design at, at very least. I like the design at very least. It's a good uh, combination right there. That was from Leland from Iowa. Not sure if it's actually on him or if it's just a picture. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's pretty cool. I, I, I like it. I do. So, to be fair. Let's check Twitter. I'm not sure if uh, Dave or any others tweeted me. Maybe like a couple of random tweets here and there. Always agree, always appreciate hearing from from uh, Anthony Carlson, though, also. I got to say that. I mean, that's, that's Mark's son over there. He's in the Philadelphia area. He's, still, he's in the military. And then D. Fry out of Chicago. His, his buddy, D. Fry, and follower of Purple Mafia as well. Really appreciate it. Chicago Bears fan. Really love hearing from you guys. By you know, I, I do. I, I got to give you a shout out mentioning that. Uh, it's on the wrong one. It's on the Brave the Wild Twitter. That's kind of funny. Well, at Brave the Wild. Check that out. I did release a new show. And I, the ending, I guess, is one of the better parts that I kind of really went on to talking about the uh, the situation with the wild. Kind of a little state of the wild there, like miniature state of the wild at the end of the, that episode. At Purple Mafia Show, of course, one word. It's always like that. I retweet. See today, celebrate the life. Okay, I repeated a thing about a retweeted a thing about Martin Luther King. So that's cool. God rest his soul, of course. Uh huh. Some follows here and there. Thanks for following. Recording from uh, Mister. Thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you very much. Uh, no tweets, just follows. So there you go. Oh, yeah, yep, and Billy Madison, that's the name there, <laughs> Billy Madison, <laughs> at, Billy, at Billy Madison, yep, that was funny, it was kinda, he liked the part where I said, Happy Gilmore, oh, sweet, yeah, there you go, cool, because that's like an Adam Sandler thing there, cool, <laughs> damn, this this person has almost 50,000 followers, and he retweeted that, thank you, cool, <laughs> kind of like that, because I said, Happy Gilmore, well, that's cool. Nice. I should, and I did give him a follow. I don't know if he'll ever follow back. He's only following 100 people. Random talk. Sorry. At Purple Mafia Show, please give it a follow and appreciate you. Shout out to you, Dave Martin over there. Wonder who you're, not sure who you're cheering for in the Super Bowl. Um, go Broncos, though. Go Broncos. Hoping for the best there. There will be no show next week. I'll be sitting out next week for Purple Mafia. I do this every year. No reason really to have a show. Going to sit out and focus on Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild this coming weekend or early next week, whatever it is. Going to focus on, yeah, kind of like late in the week and early next week. That's kind of how I do it. Uh, focus on those shows and such and step away from Purple Mafia and then review the Super Bowl. And after that, it's kind of 
some off-season talk here and there as news breaks, and then eventually State of the Vikings late February, early March. Hopefully I don't put it off too long. I'd love to have Sebastian on board once again. He is, uh, he is, he is the guy to have on. And I also should mention, if he's happening to be listening, Dylan Richardson, I, man, you know, I wish I did contact him, but my schedule's just weird and different right now. So I didn't know if and when I'd even be able to record with him. I might even have a hard time recording with Sebastian, actually, now that I think about it, because his schedule's like third shift-ish, so it's kind of tough. But if possible. I mean, these games are time-sensitive, so it's harder to get a guest on when you have to review a game, because it's time-sensitive, where State of the Vikings can be done randomly. It's not like it has to be done this that this week or this this day, that type of thing. So, if possible, I'd like to have Sebastian on for that one, if possible. It might have to be fairly short, or maybe just kind of like a, a portion of the show, maybe not the whole thing, if it's a, like really, like if it's late at night or something. My wife has a weird schedule. I have a weird uh, long schedule. She has a long schedule, weird schedule. Sebastian works a different schedule, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's not easy, but if and when possible, would love to have him on board. And if not, he can always make a really, really long call-in, though, and really, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd give him several minutes if he wanted to just, to, just to record for a while, and I could always just put piece it into the show, like, here's Sebastian right here, and just kind of follow up from that. With, you know, like, I won't just re- re- reiterate everything he said, comment on everything he said. I'm just going to let him have the floor at that stage, if it comes to that. That might be the other option out there. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but expect Sebastian on the show when it's State of the Vikings 2016. I can't believe it's 2016. What the hell? Where's the flying cars, damn it? Oh, all we get is a hoverboard. Or hoverboard. That's about it. <laughs> uh, we don't have a, uh, automatic drying clothes either. That would be really nice, actually. Or shoes that just fit, you know? They just fit right away. Okay, anyhow, um, that's about it right now. Again, go Broncos, hope for the best. Don't know what's going to happen with the weather. Hope those in the Northeast, if any of you guys are listening, maybe Matthew Kyle out there, got to give him a shout-out. Um, hope hope he still listens. Haven't been hearing from him lately. Hope he still listens. I don't know if he got mad at me or what happened. <laughs> Just, yeah, hope, hope everything's all right there. Uh, hope you're safe and all that from that snow hurricane. That type of thing. But I want to say again, God bless you. Thank you very much for your listenership. If you like the show, please give it a review, a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. If if you're able to, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. You will, you will get a star and all that. And speaking of stars, Gerald Swing's going to get the gold star of this episode, without a doubt. Silver star is going to go to Sebastian and bronze star to Leland. There you go. So we passed those out. Uh, bronze star to Leland, silver star Sebastian, gold star to Gerald Sring. So again, thank you guys very much. I almost forgot that, but you got it. So you still got your gold star, Gerald. And with that, I better shut up. I'm dragging this now. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week, or two, in two weeks, to talk about the world champion Broncos, I hope.